Kansas coming to town for a homecoming matchup with Baylor this Saturday morning and pleased to be joined by the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, our good friend Brian Haney. And Brian, welcome and thanks for your time today. Great to be on with you as always, J-Mo, and excited to get down there to Waco this weekend. Should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Boy, it's two teams that uh, that need a win, right? No doubt, no doubt. We uh, Obviously, we're living life, uh, living large the first five weeks or so off to the best start we'd seen since 2009 and for the first time ever hosting ESPN College Game Day. But then, you know, a string of injuries starting with Daniel Hyshaw. Our top running back goes down in the Iowa State game. Then Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, goes down late in the first half of the TCU game. Last week, Kobe Bryant, our top cover corner. So it's been ad- adding injury to insult in the midst of a two-game skid to lose all these big names. And we're definitely in need of a big win because for this Kansas team, we've not been bowling in 14 years. So to get bold eligibility at any point, whether it comes in, in game eight or game 12 or somewhere in between, uh, we need it in the worst of ways because this fan base has been so starved for some kind of consistent football success. And we've certainly gotten a taste of that this season, but you'd hate to have it backslide on you here in the season second half, because with each week that passes and you don't get that elusive sixth win, it gets tougher and tougher, obviously, and more and more pressure. So that's what Kansas is up against. And I know the bears certainly are awfully hungry themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you're right there too. I mean, you need one more win for bowl eligibility. I hope you get it. Not this week or next week with us just an open date. I hope you get it two weeks from now. <laughs> There you go. It would help your cause. We think hey, absolutely. A couple weeks. Yeah. What, uh, despite those injuries and really some significant guys out of the lineup, you still played really well. An exciting game against TCU, that game where game day was there, but lost that one by seven. And then last week at Oklahoma, uh, you know, came from uh, pretty far down and made a game of that against OU. Man, your guys are playing really, really hard. They do, and that's a great observation. Lance Leipold's done a terrific job in his second season. He's got these guys bought in, and you know he went out in the transfer portal, added some immediate impact junior and senior players that was in a top 25 transfer portal recruiting class. He built a culture that the pre-existing players really bought into, and, and there's a, a culture of competition in which Kansas is deeper and more talented than we've seen since the Mark Mangino era some 13 years ago. And so they do compete hard. They, they've had to have a next man up mentality when you have a lash of injuries like that to so many key spots. But so they've been pushing each other, and, and I really believe they're going to find a way to get that, that sixth win at some point, whether it's this week or, or all the way to the season finale versus Kansas State. Uh, there's just too many veterans on this team. It's too well-coached of a group, and they're still hopeful to get Jalen Daniels back at some point within this regular season. And Baylor fans that were only maybe keeping one eye on things back in September might not realize that Daniels, prior to the injury, had climbed into the top six for the Heisman odds. Yeah. Obviously, that went out the window as soon as the shoulder injury happened. But the point is, you know, we found our best quarterback, our best coaching staff, our most collective teams in over a decade. And then it all came kind of a, a screeching halt uh, these last couple of weeks. But as you pointed out, they've still been competitive. Darn near won the TCU game with a backup quarterback, Jason Bean. Last week, to be honest, the final score was a little bit closer than the game actually was. And the defense did not have its best day. A lot of missed tackles. The up-tempoed Oklahoma offense with 
their top quarterback back in the mix after being without Dylan Gabriel the previous six quarters or so. It's a much different Oklahoma team than the one Texas faced. You guys know that. Anybody watching the Big 12 can see that. They ran 100 plays against the Kansas defense. We couldn't get off the field, and and it showed on the scoreboard, obviously. But uh, the offense did do some nice things. Defense also had three takeaways. But we've got to play more consistent football than all three phases of the game to win in Waco. And Jason Bean, who's done a very impressive job filling in over the last six quarters for Jalen Daniels, he'd tell you he could play much better, too. And he's going to have to to be a team as good as BU. Ron, what would you say, uh, and you're there every day at practice and you're around the team and around the coaches, what, what is the difference that Lance Leipold and his staff have brought to Kansas football? Well, I think that if you go to practice or you're around the complex, there's just a greater degree, highly organized. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine watching a Lance Leipold practice, and they do the little things to create culture of competition with these guys. And this will sound kind of – silly or or elementary, but even as simple as charting who the first five guys to show up at the football complex are and the first five guys to get out on the field to the last five guys to show up and the last five out on the field. You walk into our football facility and there's a 75-inch plasma flat-screen TV that charts all of that daily on on who's showing up when and who's the last guy in and all that. they chart individual progress in terms of strength training and and uh, and everything, and so it, just little things like that. And it, it sounds super cliche, but it's something our clubs bought into. They genuinely try to get one percent better every single day, and by having little competitions like the ones I just described, it's just really pushing our guys to have a higher degree of accountability, starting with things as simple as punctuality. To, to going that, that extra length to make yourself that much better. And so it's just been little things like that, but even watching the various positional group breakouts in practice when, when each coach is huddling up with his guys, it's, it's just a different degree of organization and, and just hitting on all cylinders in practice, getting the maximum effort out of every single day. And you couple that with, with catching lightning in the bottle with the you know, best quarterback we've had since Todd Reesing and to call it like it is being very fortunate, but also, um, you know, a skillful job of keeping him engaged to be able to retain your backup quarterback in a day and age in this transfer portal era, where as soon as most kids don't get named the starter, they're looking for greener pastures. Kansas did a great job of keeping Jason Bean, a North Texas star on the roster, even though he lost his starting job at the end of last season. And look at some of these other programs like Oklahoma, who were really in trouble once their starting quarterback went down. Kansas has done a great job of keeping two guys with tremendous experience and very special skill sets within this program because, as we found out, you need at least two in the sport of football, that's for sure. Boy, isn't that the truth? We're right there with you, you know, with uh, Blake Shapin going out of the West Virginia game and Kyron Drones having to come in. Uh, Brian Haney, our guest, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Baylor and KU, Saturday morning at McLean Stadium. And, Brian, uh, I, I keep hearing from people who seem to be enamored with the fact that we could have uh, – you could have a call on Saturday of Devin Neal being tackled by Devin Neal. Uh, we've got a backup, a linebacker slash safety, Devin Neal. And, of course, your running back is Devin Neal. Uh, is that a, a topic of conversation up there? I've gotten several messages about that. And as you heard <laughs> on the play-by-play call that, that your producer queued up for us there, we call ours 
real deal Devin Neal. Yeah, so yeah. Feel free to steal that if you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> your guy is, is legit as well. But uh, but now you know Devin's had a, a great start to his career these first two years. Uh, he's a Lawrence, Kansas product that was the number one prospect in the state of Kansas. And so to see him do what he's done his first couple of seasons has been great. But like I mentioned, Hyshaw was really emerging as our best option. So much like the quarterback position, Kansas fans are very thankful that we've had a great deal of depth in the running back room because we've had a lot of attrition at that spot too. And hopefully our version of Devin Neal will have a, a big, big day. And uh, if you're Devin Neal's taking him down multiple times, it's because he's deep downfield. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. We'll see how much that plays out on Saturday. Hey, did you go over to Kansas City for the uh, basketball media days? I did. I saw Coach Drew good. And, and the preseason favorites, the preseason uh, number five shared spot yeah. in the national rankings. I love that. In, in, in a preseason where there's so much debate as to who's the team to beat, the fact that we had the exact number of votes in the AP poll is pretty <laughs> stinking cool. And, and two Hall of Fame caliber coaches there with Coach Drew and Coach Self. So that was a lot of fun. And Adam did a great job speaking to the media too, Flagler. So really uh, impressed with everybody from the Baylor contingent today. Really good. Uh, what's your sense, having heard the coaches and some players today? I mean, this is going to be, we say it every year, but this is going to be a uh, really high-level season of basketball. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Texas looks so good. TCU looks really good. You know, Texas Tech with Mark Adams is, is going to be ready to rock and roll. And, and same with Oklahoma State. And it's, it's such a, a terrific league top to bottom. And when I think about Coach Tang, who obviously you're a huge fan of and what he's bringing to Kansas State, it won't be long before they're contending as well. And then when you think about the four basketball programs that will soon be added into the Big 12 and what you know programs like Houston have done in recent seasons, it's kind of scary to think how good a conference that's been as good as any, hmm. Bill Self would say, better than every other conference, how much better they're about to get, you know, as, as we expand to 12. And, you know, to think that we won the last title, you won the title before that, and Texas Tech in 2019 was a, a three-pointer with 12 seconds to go in the game away from winning it. Had that gone down, you're talking about the three last national champions, and obviously Kansas and Baylor were both in contention in 2020. We were the consensus number one team at the time when the pandemic hit. So it's, it's been an embarrassment of riches for the Big 12 Conference in terms of national prominence these last four years. And when you think about Coach K and Jay Wright both retiring last year, Roy Williams retiring the year before, obviously names like, like Izzo and Self that are already in the Hall of Fame, are, are huge names, but Scott Drew's right there with them. And so it, it's a conference of great coaches. Bob Huggins just went in the hall. Uh, but, but I think that, that your coach and our coach obviously are, are two of the prominent faces in college basketball right now. And so uh, as, as, you know, co-favorites in the minds of some or, or, you know, one and two in the minds of others heading into this year, I, I think we're going to be in for a heck of a ride in, in terms of the bas basketball basketball back and forth between Baylor and Kansas this year. I can't wait to see who comes out on top in about five months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of football uh, water under the bridge left to be played. So we look forward to uh, you guys coming down the game on Saturday and look forward to seeing you and David and your crew. So thanks for your time today. Man, I don't know if we have 20 seconds for yes. a story. Oh, sure. But, but real, real quickly, so your listening audience can hear it, you know, you had a chance to have a, a fantastic call for the national championship clinching moment in the previous April, the April of, of 2021. And so, of course, who do I call on the Sunday night before our Monday championship game with North Carolina? 
I called JMO, <laughs> and as one of my great friends in the industry, you gave me tremendous advice. You talked about having a theme in mind. Don't necessarily script everything, but have a theme of what you want to articulate. And for Baylor, it was a season of joy. Yeah. For Kansas, it was a banner year because every year is a great year when you win 16 Big 12 titles in 19 years under Bill Self, but not every year is a banner year. And so that's what I came up with, thanks to your coaching. So nah. Baylor fans need to know what a great guy you are if they don't know already, but also what a great friend within the profession you are because you helped me on the Sunday night before our big call, and man, that's going to mean the world to me for the rest of my career. And actually, we have a book out called Banner Year. Oh, which, nice. Uh, you know, your theme, and, and you didn't tell me Banner Year, but you right. told me to find my theme. Finding that theme led to a, a pretty dang good call and obviously a book now. And so we're, we're really grateful for having friends in the conference like John Morris, who uh, certainly helped me the night before the biggest call of my career. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. You uh, you nailed it for sure. And uh, don't we have let's let's let everybody know, don't we have great camaraderie among our group? in the Big 12 Conference. We really do. It's yeah. as close in that group as you'll find. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. No All right, man. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Travel safe, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, J-Mo. All, All right, bud. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Brian Haney, the great voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Baylor in Kansas coming up on Saturday. Uh, here's the schedule Saturday morning, 7 a.m. for game day live. Aaron <laughs> will be right here in the studio. Uh, 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show, the first hour of which will be televised on KCEN-TV. And then 11 a.m. kickoff for the Bears and the Jayhawks on Saturday TV on ESPN2. So big, big day, big, big weekend being homecoming on the Baylor campus. And a big game, Aaron, for uh, for both these teams, both trying to snap out of uh, many two-game losing skids. Yeah, and they both have the same daunting kind of look ahead like if you lose this game with Kansas only needs one for you Mm -hmm. know to be bowl eligible Baylor obviously needs three but you've got to look ahead if you lose this game and say okay where are the wins at whereas if you could win this game you feel better going forward about finding those wins yeah Uh, uh, Kansas has an open date after Baylor then they close uh, home against Oklahoma State on the road at Texas Tech and home against Texas so those are the uh, remaining games for KU after this weekend. Of course, Baylor, uh, the gauntlet at Tech, at Oklahoma, K-State, TCU at home, and at Texas on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So that's ahead and fun to